Welcome to Between Two Barrels Podcast, live from Legend Studios. Between Two Barrels is a weekly podcast highlighting some of the legends across the state of Tennessee. From Dolly Parton to the elusive Tennessee Wildman, from our head distiller to our legendary products and employees, this podcast will discuss spirits of all kinds here at Tennessee Legend Distillery. From country stars and cryptids to everything in between, we will talk about the life in a Tennessee distillery. And welcome back to another episode of Between Two Barrels Podcast. I am one of the hosts, Opie, and I am joined by the regional manager of managers, Brian Lowe. What's up, y'all? We are back for another episode. Thank you for tuning in week in and week out. If you remember last week, we had a a fantastic episode, uh, deep diving on the sheriff himself, Peyton Manning. Yes, definite great Tennessee legend. Learned some things. I had already known, but a lot of people uh, did not realize outside of like paying full-on attention that the man never beat Florida. But other than that, he is a legend in his own right. Even though he was not born in Tennessee, his legend is synonymous with the Volunteer State. So we had to talk about him. Uh, Thank you for tuning in to that and tuning in each week. I just want to remind you all. Uh, that we also have a second podcast, the Cocky Top Podcast, and that is going to be all about Southeastern Conference football primarily S-E-C. and mainly focusing S-E-C. on S-E-C. the Gamecocks S-E-C. and the Vols. Absolutely. And uh, we've had a few episodes of that. It is, as you're listening to this, it is the Monday after opening weekend for, yes. uh, for fo- college football, so... You will be uh, hearing an excited, hopefully an excited Gamecock and Vol. Uh, <laughs> talking preview about of, preview or of recap of week recap, one yeah. and a preview of week hopefully two. Hopefully exciting. Hopefully nothing terrible happened. In any capacity for either team. Absolutely. So uh, uh, Good vibes and juju for, yes. for uh, great games. Mm-hmm. Uh, continued help for all those involved. All the way throughout. So absolutely. So let's let's talk about the week that we we are coming off of last week. One of the big things that happened this past week uh, and the weekend before was uh, Jeep invasion. Yes, that is something that happens quite often here uh, in Pigeon Forge. They have had several um, gatherings mm-hmm. of Jeep enthusiasts here in the Smoky Mountains. And, and it's definitely a great time. It brings a lot of people to the area, uh, but it also definitely brings a lot of traffic. Yes, it does bring sometimes difficult, heavy traffic patterns, uh, especially if you work on any of what's considered the strip of Sevierville or the strip. The of main Pigeon parkway, Forge, the main 66, parkway. 441, um, yeah. Um, Jeeps everywhere. Yes, uh, it is good for some businesses, uh, us here in the distillery as well as the other distilleries Mm. that is one of the businesses that definitely does profit uh from having the the car shows the jeep invasion Mm. bronco celebration 
uh, Shades of the Past, all the different, Ponies the, the different, Smokies. yeah, any of the different niche yes. vehicle collective yes. groups, uh, uh, clubs, stuff like that. Now we um, used to work for a company that right in the theaters. <laughs> the theaters definitely do not benefit from those crowds because most of those people really aren't into the arts as mm-hmm. much. You will find some people that that of that ilk that do enjoy it, but yeah, for the most part, uh, as the the <laughs> the locals refer to them, that is the beer and bologna crowd. Yes, uh, yes. they bring stuff to to be able to make sandwiches, and they're they're going to some restaurants, but. They're they're spending as little as possible because they have spent most of their money on their vehicles, yes. uh, in some capacity. So yeah, while they are they are great. I mean, it definitely brings a lot of people to the area. The area does get a lot of exposure for you know continued tourism, mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of those people will come back in uh, with their families. They come in to the area as enthusiasts, and then they also come back to the area as mm-hmm. as a family, as yeah. a regular, you know. Yeah tourists to the area yeah these these are uh, true tailgaters is how they eat they'll especially like the the rod runners they'll sit in a camping chair for eight hours straight throughout the day just watching just watching cars, old cars going, going up and, and down, down the, the road yeah with you know their cooler their tent there and i'm like that is tailgating yeah i mean at it's, its finest that's exactly what it is Fun enough, uh, because it was Jeep, in, Jeep Invasion, on their way out of town, we did happen to get to meet mm-hmm. and speak with the founder, creator of the Duck Duck Jeep movement, Miss mm-hmm. um, Allison Parliament, uh, who was kind enough to, to duck, duck us. us around a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> And we got some some fun normal size rubber ducks, uh, mm-hmm. as well as some enlarged rubber ducks. And mm-hmm. she was very gracious enough to go ahead and autograph those for us. I know I have seen ducks on jeeps well beforehand. Yes, but she is definitely credited with with definitely bringing that phenomenon to the to the mainstream. And it's not uncommon for stuff like that to happen. You will mm-hmm. find. That, that certain trends and stuff have been around for quite a while, mm-hmm. uh, but certain people are able to find some sort of story or, or some sort of, I don't want to necessarily say hook, but it's it's a hook that garners a lot more attention. It's like with, with influencers. You know, you have thousands of influencers doing the same dance mm-hmm. trend or or... Uh, using the same uh, beauty product or whatever the case may be and whatever reason the algorithm picks out their video or or their following or whatever the case may be um, it's just going to generate more traction yeah. than 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 others so for instance I you know I, I could be doing a, a certain dance move that looks silly when I was in middle school that I came up with, that I created, right? That maybe somebody I went to middle school with saw me do, but now that we have social media and TikTok, they might do it on their TikTok channel, right? To a certain song, and it gains all this clout, and now it's called the Craig instead of the Tyler, right? So, and and, it, and with the growing, growing, I mean, we aren't even in truthfully, uh, and this might scare some people. But we're probably not even in the heat check of social media and technology. We feel like we are, but we're probably not. 
we're probably okay. still well on the verge of what it's going to be. Oh, yes. I think that... So, some there things is may the, never be original again. Yeah. There's the possibility. I mean, what was it that meme that's been floating around social media the last few days, at least on mine anyway, reminding everyone that this is the date that Skynet became self-aware? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Terminator fans are sitting there going, we really should stop. We should really stop. There's an entire franchise on why this is a bad idea. You, have you noticed that trend as of late? Yes. That there's <laughs> there's so many different film franchises that there's, there's an entire thing explaining out. why this is a yeah. bad idea. There's a whole new movie coming out in the next couple of months about AI. Yeah. And, and where it's gotten us and, where, and then how it turns on us. Right. So, I mean, there's tons of movies out there about it. And, and that's... The premise for the Matrix. Yes, I mean iRobot. I yeah, artificial intelligence from two thousand one. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And and now we have this stuff to where people are having full on conversations with these. You know, uh, AI. There's even a movie about that. Uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Her. Yeah. No, not her. No, I think Is you're right. Yeah. And then she's just she falls in love with him. She becomes self-aware and they fall in love with each other. But obviously, it's it's Siri at the end of the day. Right. There's no physical representation. Mm-hmm. And, oh. But then, of course, you've got, I don't want to say scientists, but engineers. There we go. Engineers are developing robotics to a point to where at some point in time, they're going to be able to, to replicate mm-hmm. even all the way down to the individual muscle fibers mm-hmm. and features in the face to be able to make those those types of, of, of movements. I mean, yeah, it's in a raw form now that they've even got it to that point combined with AI, but it's still that weird puppetry type motion with oh, the yeah. mouth and stuff like that. Like a, a Disney ride. Yeah. Even that is, is advancing and probably will be advanced to the point within the the very near future to mm. where forget clones i mean you're probably going to be seeing you know human what's the android android yes yeah. thank you uh full-on android type beings walking around as opposed to actual cloned mm-hmm. human beings you're going to be original npcs that are not human at all <laughs> right that are just built to be npcs in our life <laughs> <laughs> But that was a cool visit. Uh, like I said, we everybody there that day, we, we all got Duck's autograph for, yeah, it from was fun. her. Huge shout out to her. Go check out Duck Duck Jeep uh, and follow the phenomenon in her story because she started it out as an act of kindness. Yeah. Really as, cool. as a result, I believe, of a of a spider bite. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A recluse, I believe. Yep. And then Ugh. this was also took place in 2020. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the world in and of itself was, was in need of... Some of kindness. some kindness, some some brighter days, mm-hmm. uh, some sort of reprieve from the the mass pounding of mm-hmm. negativity uh, that, we that was getting. that was being yeah passed around during during that yeah. year. Yeah, I had a, a uh, an interaction that I overheard from the studio. I was not involved in this interaction. I believe you were. <laughs> um, that I actually wanted I to bring up where this as an educational going. moment. Gotcha. I'm going to ask you a question. I know the answer, but I'm going to ask you, why is there this misconception that bourbon has to come from Kentucky to be called bourbon? 
to to begin this, I'm going to say that it is not entirely 100% people from Kentucky Mm-mm. that are going to tell you that no, Kentucky just, bourbon has to come from Kentucky. A misconception that people um, have. But a good percentage. Uh, let's put it this way. The same percentage of the people from Kentucky that will tell you that Kentucky bourbon has to come from Kentucky is about the same percentage of bourbon that actually is made in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is a good 90 to 92, 93% of all bourbons in the world are from Kentucky. Sure. And the the main thing behind that, and this is information that you can look up, how did this get made or, or how it's made, uh, Modern Marvel, stuff like mm-hmm. that. I mean, different shows have, have covered this. I think even Mysteries at the Museum has done mm-hmm. information concerning distillation throughout the years. Uh, what really sets Kentucky bourbon apart is the water source that's used to be able to create the mash and mm-hmm. everything else that is, of course, distilled into the final alcohol. And a lot of the water sources throughout the main area of Kentucky where a majority of distillation is done in the state Mm -hmm. is heavy with limestone. Limestone acts as a natural filtration for the water. So they have a naturally purified spirited water source that they are using to generate the bourbon in the state. It became so acclaimed because of the water source that was used that most people would only source their bourbon out of the state of Kentucky Mm -hmm. because it was regaled at that time as being the best that you could get. But no point in time did it actually get denoted that to be considered bourbon did it have to be made in the state of Kentucky. Because there's are, there are some red tape behind certain things like Vidalia onion or oh, champagne yeah. or tequila. Your reference is, yeah, the Vidalia onion. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you can grow a Vidalia onion anywhere else, mm-hmm. but it originated there. Yes. Champagne, it was designated that it had to come from the Champagne region of France. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it was a sparkling white wine. Yes. Tequila has been designated as a... I don't want to say copywritten or whatever, yeah. but it's it's a definitive product of Mexico. Yes. So, yeah, these things have had that denoted, but at no point in time was it made specific or said that it had to be made mm-hmm. in Kentucky. The only requirements for bourbon, in fact, are that the mash bill has to be at least... 51% corn. It mm-hmm. has to be predominantly corn, and that's where you get that is at least the 51%. Uh, there cannot be any sugar added during uh, the fermentation process. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's just the natural sugars uh, from the corn um, reacting with the yeast and stuff like that during the, the mash or fermentation stage. And then, of course, it has to be aged for a minimum of two years in a new charred american white oak barrel those are the recommendations or the requirements for a bourbon to be classified as a bourbon but past that that's that's really it 
That's it. So yeah. bourbon can come from Tennessee, can come from Virginia, can come from anywhere, really, as long as they yeah. follow those requirements. Now, there are specifics for Tennessee whiskey. Yes. Uh, there are specifics for scotch, mm-hmm. where the, the charring of the barrel and part of the filtration process is using a, a charred peat or mm-hmm. peat moss for scotch uh, and being you know processed in Scotland. For Tennessee whiskey, it has to go through what's referred to as the Lincoln County process, which means that after distillation, the distilled liquid alcohol coming out of the still on the on the end of it would be filtered, drip filtered through sugar maple charcoal. Mm-hmm. So it's charcoal filtered before it even goes into the barrel, removing as many impurities as possible through that charcoal filtration before it even goes into the barrel for the aging process. So, Yeah, that's, that's an awesome educational opportunity. I know the, the guests seemed a little hard, hard-headed and, and not wanting to oh, for sure. accept oh, for sure. the, the new knowledge that he had been, been, was being given by a distillery. Yeah, uh, and and I know that it's not just this guest. You know, there's there's tons of misconceptions out there in the spirit world. I blame the History Channel. Mm. Yeah, I 100% blame the History Channel for it, and and their productions. You know, moonshiners, mm-hmm. master distillers, stuff like that. Information will be spread on those that are not necessarily 100% fact checked. Yes, um, and then also because it is a production. They want production value. Otherwise, they're not going to have viewers. Mm -hmm. So they portray stuff that's still illegal. But you're going to have the people that aren't going to sit there and use rational thought and logic and realize that a production company is not going to pay the insurance. Hmm. I mean, I know uh, people may or may not have heard this. Punishable by fine is basically the same as saying legal for price. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's really any kind of production company that would be willing to to pay all the the legalities and and mm-hmm. fines unless they're basically paying the taxes on the alcohol that's produced. But I, I just really feel that whenever this TV show is showing some dude's pickup truck back of some dude's pickup truck full of mason jars full of quote unquote moonshine. Mm-hmm. And there you see the, the the camera shot through leaves like this is a, a, a secret meetup mm-hmm. or something like that. And some that, that no, 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 that is not going on TV in the real world of moonshiners. Somebody's getting freaking shot if that yes. were the case. Yes, absolutely. It, 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 that's that's the kind of stuff and it's and it's that information, that misinformation mm-hmm. that gets spread on those types of shows. Uh, that people that they believe while yeah while while these people do have definitive skills technical skills vocational skills mm-hmm. they're not as educated yeah i mean don't get me wrong i mean people of of all sorts of educational levels can provide i don't want to say worth because everybody's worth something mm-hmm. <laughs> some people just aren't as aren't as educated yeah. and 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 don't pick up on that stuff. Yeah. It, For instance, I mean, it would be crazy to, we'd be called crazy if we said, oh, if it didn't come from Tennessee, it ain't moonshine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it didn't come from Tennessee, so it's just corn liquor. Yeah. Not moonshine. 
That's, yeah. that's false. No. So, yeah, I just wanted to use that as an educational moment. Uh, bourbon can <laughs> come from other places other than Kentucky. Thank you for having me relive that. Yes. <laughs> so we also had an, another little spooky thing happening just just outside of our town. Uh, yeah, in over Knoxville in Knoxville this past week. Uh, spooky Con, which uh, when it got started, I used to go some, and I went a few years ago again. Uh, because I was part of a production that was taking place in SpookyCon. And that year that I went and was part of this production, I learned that I no longer can go to these SpookyCons because they have been overtaken by clowns. So what was it that actually... This may be a whole other episode that we have to do. Why I'm scared of clowns? Yeah. Uh, I can I can turn into a quick story. So when I was... A kid, like early middle school, my fear of clowns didn't start like in, high, in, in elementary school or as a child. Like nothing terrible happened at a Barnum and Bailey circus. So. It wasn't watching killer clowns from outer space. No, it on wasn't repeat. even that. It was that was a joke to me. Pennywise, the first rendition of Pennywise, didn't scare me because it was Tim Curry, and I had already seen him in Rocky Horror and Clue and all that. So. Right. It started when I was in middle school, and we completely reconstructed the basement into my bedroom. and But we didn't put a bathroom down there, so I would have to walk all the way up the steps on into the, the main floor and go all the way to the back hallway to go to the bathroom. Well, my mom used to collect these very antique porcelain clowns. Which are creepy anyway. They're already creepy, and they would sit on this banister above the front door. And the way that at night, living on the corner in a very busy street with traffic lights right outside, growing up, certain lights would hit certain directions as I'm just walking this little causeway. I'd always look up and to the right at these clowns, and it always looked like their heads were following me. Because of the way the 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 headlights and stuff like that would. Consciousness all saying, this is science. The light's making it look this way. You know this isn't real. They're not really alive. This isn't Puppet Master. They're not going to kill you. Right. I knew that. But for some reason, all of a sudden, doing that so much throughout middle school, I developed a fear of clowns. Especially since nowadays, the popular thing to do in the, at these creepy cons and in the horror world is to take clowns and turn them into turn them on their head like these aren't just clowns this isn't bozo i grew up watching the bozo game show no this, this is isn't like bozo these are things gore dripping out of from nightmares yeah and i'm like why did you take clowns and turn it into this this movement this thing and then what was it uh uh 2017 Oh, where people the were clown just phenomenon? yeah, like standing on the side of the road in a <laughs> clown outfit, staring at people or holding a mm-hmm. sign. You, you, I would be, I would not be liable for what happened if somebody did that to me. I'm surprised that there wasn't as more of those people shot than mm. than what actually were because not I was I would say to myself, I was like, go ahead and do that in the south. Right. Well, that's that's what I was about to allude to. I mean, not yeah. to not to to give props to to the the singers and stuff oh, like yeah, that. But yeah. but if you did that as a clown trying yeah. to scare people, oh yeah, in you'd the have, south, yeah. 
there there are still people in towns all across Tennessee, mm-hmm. Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, of course, that do still have gun racks in their vehicle. Yes. I mean, these people routinely live off the land. And if I did, and, and if I was stopped at a corner, and there was a clown with a toy sledgehammer staring, doing it for fun, I yeah. could not be held liable for what I would have done. The, the, I would at least, you know, give fair warning. There would be... there. <laughs> you don't say something right now like I'm warning, actually a human. War, warning one would be, a, would be the click. <laughs> warning two would be an actual shot just into the air. And if, as, and if something's not moving after that, Ooh. the aim is going <laughs> center mass, buddy. I'd be like, well, you're not human, so I guess i got to do this. Right. i got to save the town. <laughs> you go straight into savior mode. Yeah, I've got to go into to these, fight, fight mode. <laughs> these, are, these are all scenarios that have, that have played out in a, yeah. in a neurodivergence <laughs> head. Like, well... I'm gonna to have to save the town at this point. If you didn't move, then you're not human. Right. And, and if I've no learned job, anything from movies, <laughs> it's, it's now my, my job. job. I'm now the main character in this movie, and yep. I, it's on my shoulders to save the town. So I am Simon Pegg at World's End. <laughs> yes, I am now Simon Pegg. Um, I am now Rick Grimes, and I have to get yep. my family together, and we've got to get out of here. But but, but it, it, it's it actually is a fun thing if you're into horror. Like there are a lot of horror stars that come out like. Stars from The Walking Dead and Oh for and sure. Nightmare on Elm Street or, or the yeah. Jason movies. They get all these legends. You'll you'll see the some of the scream queens, yes. uh the people behind the, mm. the makeup, the costuming, behind all the latex and rubber yeah. and and prosthetics and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Makeup artists, visual effects artists, uh, even animated horror uh, voice actors from those different types of yes. series. Any and all types of stuff. But it's yeah, it's it's a, it's like a comic con, but yeah. definitely focus more horror. toward, of and course, just a, the the I'm horror, a horror fanatic. Fan. I love the horror genre. Just no clowns. Just not clowns. You know, give me Freddy, give me Michael, all you want. Also, touch base at customization and all that fun stuff. We offer customization opportunities with our laser engraving here at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Yes, this is something that we have been working on for. A couple of years now, it seems like, um, but it really hasn't been that long. Uh, I think we're about a year and a half in now uh, with the laser engraving. We've got a couple of different machines here at the store that do allow us to do some custom laser engraving work. Uh, One of our biggest things is, of course, our wedding bells bottles. Mm -hmm. We already have the space on the label for someone to be able to write in uh, the name and or name and date uh, for a wedding or anniversary or something like that. Uh, but we now also have the capability to actually engrave that uh, into the label and bottle as well. But we also have several different uh, pieces of glassware, our bourbon tasters, any of our rocks glasses, leather flasks, mm-hmm. all kinds of different pieces that you can have commemorative dates, names, groomsmen's gifts, bridesmaids' gifts, uh, anything like that. Uh, those can definitely be customized in that aspect, but we're also taking components of our barrels that we mm-hmm. age our king snake bourbon in to bring you all different types of 
art pieces. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, if you look at it, they're, they're, they're works of art by the two gentlemen that we have working the, the laser engravers uh, seven days a week at this point. So really, any time that you come into the Winfield Dunn location, if you want to have something done custom in terms of any of those pieces of glassware, or if you see any of the other uh, pieces of work that they've done with the barrel heads, staves, quarter panels, uh, half staves, anything like that, you can definitely purchase some of the works that they've already created or come up with a custom piece and let them do their magic and mm-hmm. come up with a, a really nice, fun piece. Speaking of cons and, and mm-hmm. the custom, yeah. laser, custom laser engraving, we actually had a relatively well-known cosplayer, a female cosplayer in Laeris Crofts, mm-hmm. uh, who is definitely more, I guess, well-known for her Power Ranger cosplays. Yes, I love uh, her Power Ranger stuff. As, oppo- er, uh, as well as several other characters. Uh, throughout what would be the 90s mm-hmm. and early 2000s. Uh, it seems to be her main area of focus and mm-hmm. expertise whenever it does come to these cosplays. But she has her own comic book yes. series uh, that she is releasing that she has penned, uh, if not a majority, if not all of the artwork for. Um, and uh, her partner is the one who does all of the the words mm-hmm. for the actual story um while i i may be incorrect in assuming this uh but i feel the storyline is is a uh, driven from real uh, life so. a, yeah uh, yeah. Um, more or less a direct reflection i don't like i said i don't want to make an assumption yeah. but if i were to i would say that that is the case no i mean it's a good good series mm-hmm. that that uh what i've experienced great partnered team has, has come to produce and she has had us create a, a custom piece for her on a barrel head mm-hmm. um, based off of the characters and artwork from from that series so yeah we're definitely not above at least attempting to tackle any no, task absolutely. we'll we'll try to take it on and and we're not going to lead you on or anything like that if it's something that we find that we're not going to be able to do we'll let you know and 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 not going to to charge you if we can't provide you with a finished product. Yeah, so. absolutely. With that being said, fall is right around the corner. It's my favorite time of year, not just because the football of it, but the leaves change. Also because we're both kind of husky gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> and then the fall cooler the weather cool, definitely cools is cools down a little bit. Better. The leaves changing. The southeast uh, is very beautiful in the fall time. Especially here in Tennessee mm-hmm. in the Great Smoky Mountains, man. Absolutely. Gorgeous. And that's something that uh, in, in this week's episode of mm-hmm. Between Two Barrels that, that we're going to kind of get into. Absolutely. And uh, with that, we are bringing a new seasonal creamer mm. to Tennessee Legend Distillery. Uh, our head distiller, who you heard from in our second episode, Justin, has finally, finally found a taste he is comfortable with. Yes, as you, as you remember from that same very episode, our peanut butter cup whiskey went through over 40 different variations before he finally found, and it was, of course, trying to dial in that chocolate mm-hmm. flavor uh, because most of the time he was saying that it kept leaning more toward Tootsie Roll. He wasn't getting that yeah. definitive chocolate flavor that he was wanting, but he's been hard at work in the lab, sometimes coming out of there full-on Einstein, wild, mm-hmm. crazy scientist-looking hair, uh, trying to develop this flavor. But he has definitely settled on it. We've gotten everything approved. It's going to be rather apropos, even though it is not going to be until later in September. 
uh, that this is going to come out. So the, the football, as we've alluded to, schedule is going to be well underway by that time. But we have, and this is probably going to be met with with a great reception, a pumpkin spice dairy liqueur mm. finally available at Tennessee Legend Distillery. I am excited for that date to get here. Be on the lookout on our social medias, uh, not just Legend Studios, but all Tennessee Legend Distillery social media outlets will announce when it drops, and I will be the first to purchase a bottle. You and all the other ugg-wearing white girls. (laughs) (laughs) It is definitely one of my uh, guilty pleasure basic white girl uh, flavors that I do enjoy. I'm not going to hate on it. I, I enjoy some pumpkin mm-hmm. spice as well. One of my favorite things that my wife does is makes a very, very easy recipe pumpkin cookie. Puts a cream cheese icing on them that mm-hmm. is, is fantastic during this time of year. I am both glad and kind of sad that she is out of town right now. <laughs> uh, her and the, the ma-in-law, her mom, are, are on a little extended vacation. So okay. while I do have some freedom for the next 10, 11 days, uh, I'm also going to be missing some of the recipes. treats, the yeah, recipes, the, treats. the food and stuff that, that the, the wifey would normally provide. So, But yeah, definitely excited about this pumpkin spice cream coming out. Uh, looking forward to having it added to what is going to become a full seasonal rotation mm-hmm. of dairy liqueurs here at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Of course, we have always been running the blueberries and cream and peppermint mocha as mm-hmm. a spring, summer, and or fall seasonal winter. But now we're shifting gears. We're adding two new flavors or two flavors to the rotation. Uh, one is a revived flavor, which we mm-hmm. have out right now in the root beer float. And then, of course, the pumpkin spice cream that we are going to be releasing coming up here yes. in this mo- next month. Or by the time you're listening to this, what would be September Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point and of course that rotation is going to still include the blueberries and cream and peppermint mocha and we will be doing december january february will be the peppermint mocha march april may is going to be the blueberries and cream june july august will be the root beer float and september october november will be that pumpkin spice cream. nice so full-on quarter broke down breakdowns yep and we are are looking to do that also with some whiskey flavors as well as moonshine flavors okay so that will allow us to expand our library or Mm -hmm. our our uh, catalog as it were here but also allow us to to give the production crew a little bit of a break i know they just got that automated line in terms of trying to keep all these different things in stock in mass quantities it's something that's still difficult to do even with automation so to so to give those guys a break and also try to help out with production and, yeah. and the schedule of how all that stuff's done, we're going to be having some quarterly rotations nice. in all of our styles of alcohol that we produce, being the moonshine, the whiskey, the rums, dairy liqueurs, as well as the fact that we're also producing the licensed products mm-hmm. uh, with the company, the partner company that we are hopefully going to be able to talk to here in the next couple of weeks uh, on Between Two Barrels, so that way we can really start talking about them in future episodes as well. Absolutely. We do not want you to forget that we do have a big giveaway happening. Yes. The ten, the Race to 10K giveaway. Our mother store, 
the the first one of Tennessee Legend Distillery that was opened on Newport Highway is its Facebook page is getting very, very, very close to 10,000 followers. Less than 1,000. We're less than 1,000 away. Yes, we are less than 1,000 away, and we are on the race to 10K, and once we get there, we are going to be giving away a massive prize package. Over a $1,000 value package. Mm-hmm. Massive prize package, including some things to do around town. Gift certificates to not just us, but also Gatlinburg Brewing Company. Uh, Rainforest Adventure. Yes, Rainforest Adventure. Yep, we Um, were able to add the Rainforest Adventure to that thing of things to do around town. mm -hmm. And as you were getting to, before I rudely interrupted with the the Rainforest Adventure tickets, is that you are going to be able to stay at the Margaritaville Island Hotel and just there on the island, there are so many things to do. You could probably encompass two days worth of stuff just there on the island. Um, going around all the shops and, and taking in everything there. But, yeah, uh, not only that, the the Rainforest Adventure, the swag pack from here, the gift certificate from here. So much. We're going to uh, hook you up with dinner over at Gatlinburg Brewing Company. I mean, there's so many different things that you're going to get in this prize package. And the only thing that you have to do is make sure that you go to that Newport Highway Facebook page like follow however the terminology is set up just as long as you are a quote-unquote subscriber to the newport highway tennessee legend distillery page that's one way to get an entry Mm -hmm. just by doing that but every time that you make a comment that is also another entry and we definitely prefer that if you comment someone on your friends list so that way, that'll invite them to do the same thing. And for every one of those that you wind up putting on there, that's another entry into the contest. Mm-hmm. And once we do hit that 10K, we are going to do a drawing to see who is going to win that prize. And the fun thing about that, the fun thing about that is you just have to like, comment, and share. Those are free to do on you. Yeah. You don't have to pay to enter this contest. All you have to do is like, comment, and share on that post. And boom, there's three entries right there. In, in a thing that these people, there are people flocking to win this prize and putting in the work. Yeah, we've got some entrants that have, have I think they've almost exhausted their entire friends list at I this know. point to, to get entries. I think it's that, I think it's that Margaritaville thing. <laughs> Everybody's I mean, you're going to be there the on the island the right hotel. there in the heart of Pigeon Forge. And I have stayed at the Margaritaville Hotel. Uh, since it's been been built it is it is really cool now really this cool. isn't part of the package but they also have uh on-site spa facilities mm-hmm. uh similar to what you would find at a tropical destination yep. or a beach destination a cruise ship uh type scenario if you will uh so make sure that you know that's something that you could be taking advantage mm-hmm. of uh and this does encompass the entire rest of the year in terms of where you Absolutely. where when you can you or could, when you, you can book sp- rather you could spend you could spend christmas Black friday or christmas in pigeon forge in pigeon forge at the at the island so absolutely uh so we're going to take a quick break step away and let you hear from some of our partners and when we return we're going to be talking about the legend of the cherokee indians here and shikanahay when between two barrels podcast returns this segment of Between Two Barrels is brought to you by the Smoky Mountain Rainforest Adventures. 
Located in the heart of the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee near Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge lies the Rainforest Adventures Zoo, which is open year-round with lots to see and do. Themed by one of the nation's finest zoological contractors, a former Animal Kingdom zoologist of Disney World, the Rainforest Adventures Zoo features over 600 live animals representing over 130 species. It is home to unique and beautiful creatures from both tropical and temperate climates alike, including reptiles, birds, mammals, and even the ever so popular and exotic axolotl. Book your visit today at rfadventures.com or stop by and see them at 109 NASCAR Drive in Sevierville, Tennessee. And when you do, tell them Tennessee Legend Distillery sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes? This is your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. You're currently listening to our legendary friends and personal spirit guides, Brian and Opie, at the Between Two Barrels podcast. After you're done, head on over to the 30 and Nerdy podcast and give us a listen. Life as a nerd moves pretty fast these days, so tune in and keep up with us as we dive into all aspects of nerd culture. From Marvel in DC to Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Dive into the ever-growing world of pop culture with us, Tyler Mack and Josh Davis. Cheers to you, nerds. So, Shikanahay, or as most people mispronounce it, Shikonage, because that's what it looks like. And I'm going to go ahead and apologize now to anyone of the Native Cherokee American and Native American heritage and lineage that we are more than likely going to completely butcher the pronunciation of some of these words. Uh, as much as we tried to find pronunciation mm-hmm. for some of these, uh, it was rather difficult to get some of them. So we're going to try our best. Uh, but please bear with us. We are doing nothing but trying yes. to pay honor and respect to beliefs as well Absolutely. as people in in any of this. So, in doing some research, uh, one of the first things that I would like to talk about uh, concerning the Cherokee people is some of their spiritual beliefs. Um, Cherokee spiritual beliefs are held in common among the Cherokee people, uh, which are Native American peoples that are indigenous to the southeastern woodlands and today live primarily in communities that have been kind of bordered down, unfortunately, uh, for them, of course, into the eastern band of the Cherokee Indians over in North Carolina and in Oklahoma, the Cherokee Nation and the United Kitawa Band of Cherokee Indians. Now, some of the beliefs and the stories and songs in which they have been preserved exist in slightly different forms among the different communities in which they have been preserved, but for the most part, they still form a unified system of theology. Now, some of those principal beliefs go on to say that to the traditional Cherokee, spirituality is woven into the fabric of everyday life. The physical world is not separated from the spiritual world. They are one and the same. And in her book, Cherokee Women, Gender and Cultural Change, historian Theta Perdue wrote of the Cherokee's historical beliefs that the Cherokee did not separate spiritual and physical realms, but regarded them as one, and they practiced their religion in a host of private daily observances 
as well as in public ceremonies. So something that you would see similar to that is as you're going throughout your day and and the 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 common vernacular mm-hmm. oh god has a sense of humor so that's why you know something that kind of embarrassing something happens to you or you know it's not entirely a negative thing that happens mm. to you but it makes you think about something like that mm. and you're like oh this is one of those tests yeah. oh lord this you got me on that this one god one of those tests. um or saying the blessing before a meal yeah these are some examples of of a a secular belief uh christian theology mm-hmm. that would be a parallel to some of the types of actions that yeah. the cherokee would take in this aspect um some other notable ones that you probably would have seen in cinema uh, after a Native American would take down an animal, deer and elk, thank you for your spirit, thank you for your nourishment, that sort of thing. Yeah, I respect. Yes. Now, Cherokee cosmology traditionally includes a conception of the universe being composed of three distinct but connected worlds. The upper world, the underworld, which are domains of the spirits, and this world, which is where humans live. So basically, heaven, hell, reality, reality. existence, Earth. yeah, existence. Uh, now, unlike some other religions in the Cherokee belief system, humans do not rule or have dominion over the earth, plants, or its animals. Instead, humans live in coexistence with all of creation. Humans mediate between all worlds in an attempt to maintain balance between them. Plants, animals, and other features of the natural world, such as rivers, mountains, caves, and other formations on the earth, all have spiritual powers and attributes. Theta Purdue and Michael Green write in their book, The Columbia Guide to American Indians of the Southeast. These features served as mnemonic devices to remind them of the beginning of the world, the spiritual forces that inhabited it, and their responsibilities to it. Now, Purdue also outlines the ways that Cherokee culture persisted through multiple attempts by Christian missionaries to convert them. Their strong ties to Selu, the corn mother, and their creation story put women in a position of power in their communities as harvesters of corn, a role they did not give up easily. Uh, There's also the sacred fire. Fire is very important in traditional Cherokee beliefs, as well as in other indigenous cultures of the southeastern United States. Fire was the medium of transformation, turning offerings into gifts for spiritual ancestors for the four quarters of the earth. So in listening to this, it seems like talking about how the the plants animals other features of the natural world such as rivers mountains mm. caves other formations on the earth had spiritual powers and attributes it almost seems like the the native americans already acted or or lived with a a primitive sense of everything being connected on a molecular level. Yes. But they just didn't have 
that terminology yeah. to put along with it. That just wasn't the vernacular they used. Yeah. I mean, the way that we as, as you know, a, a more scientifically enlightened society know that everything is made up of molecules. Right. We all share molecules. Like if you, in comic books, The Flash. Yes. The way he's able to phase through certain things. What he is doing, truthfully, in the scientific method is matching his molecules his vibration vibration to the thing vibration. he wants to face through. Yeah. So we all share them, and it sounds like they already were like, yeah, we all share this right. spiritual so connection. They they had that knowledge well beforehand, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess it's something to where the the more that you coexist with the earth, the more in tune you are with those absolutely aspects. Absolutely. The the further you remove yourself, or the the less grounded mm-hmm. you are, in a sense, the the less perceptive you are to those types and of those things. And those beliefs also kind of leak into how Mufasa taught Simba about the circle of life. We're all yeah. connected. It's all a big circle. Yeah, giving to each other to continue life. And then something else that goes on to to include in that section the strong ties to to Selu, the Corn Mother. Mm-hmm. In the creation story, which we will actually get into mm-hmm. uh, here momentarily, it almost seems like she is Mother Earth. Yes. That that's another way of saying Mother Earth. Yes. Uh, and that all things living, all natural things come from the, the womb, quote, yes. quote unquote, uh, that is what would be the, the, the corn mother. And then, of course, you know, uh, fire without, goes mm. without saying that, that fire in any capacity, I mean, it, depending on what religion, what, what beliefs, yeah. uh, what indigenous people from, from wherever, how they come to, to have fire mm-hmm. may vary, but regardless, it always plays a, a very significant role throughout the entirety of any given civilization. Yes, absolutely. One of the things that is a shared Eastern uh, philosophical belief, um, Mm -hmm. going more into referring to um, Asia Mm -hmm. uh, as far as Eastern, that they share with the Cherokee is the belief in balance. To the traditional Cherokee, the concept of balance is central in all aspects of social and ceremonial life. In this belief system, women balance men just as summer balanced winter, plants balanced animals, and farming balanced hunting. So they were always trying to find balance of some sort. It also seemed like even though we consider them a more primitive culture, is they were big on equality not just amongst man and earth, but the genders. Like yeah. roles. Everybody had And even more so share. putting putting women more on a pedestal yes. and, and putting them in it, as it said up here and put women in position of power mm-hmm. within the communities. Yeah. Just because they knew that it was all balanced. As far as sickness and healing is concerned, all human de- diseases were imposed by animals in revenge for killing and each species had invented a disease with which to plague man. Mm. So what I had alluded to earlier in terms of their beliefs in thanking the spirit for its sacrifice, for them being able to live, if they didn't do that type of stuff, then 
they would wind up getting sick or whatever, and mm-hmm. that's where they believe that that illness came from, Karma. was from that that animal yeah. having a vengeful spirit on that person because they didn't, you know, Thank they didn't, they yeah. didn't, they didn't act proper. They used bad form. Bad form. Yeah. According to Reed, uh, just one of the many writers on the the Cherokee people. Some believed animal spirits who had been treated badly could retaliate by sending bad dreams to the hunter. These would cause the hunter to lose their appetite, become sick, and die. To prevent this from happening, the hunter must follow traditional protocols when hunting to honor the animal and spiritual world and continually maintain balance. In terms of purity and sacred places... Ritual purification is traditionally important for ceremonial and ongoing spiritual balance. Bathing in rivers year-round is one traditional method, even in the winter when ice is on the river. According to anthropologist Peter Nabokov, he writes uh, of a river known as Longman. For the Cherokee who bathed in his body, who drank from him and invoked his curative powers, the long man always helped them out. He also went on to say, at every critical turn in a man's life, the river's blessings were imparted through the going to the water rite, which required prayers that were lent spiritual force with new water from free-flowing streams basically referencing the river the long man as a a source of renewal and rejuvenation in several different aspects mm-hmm. because you had the continuous new source of water yes uh it wasn't stagnant it was that mm-hmm. continuously moving continuously changing always going mm-hmm. but it also provided cleanliness to the person it provided food source, provided drinking source. Um, uh, life. Yeah, just life Water in general. Water life. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's also very metaphorical to it wasn't stagnant. Like it kept going. You either evolve and change and grow or you die. Right. So even back then, the, they believed in the ever-changing ever growing never stop right i mean much like we've had to Mm -hmm. adapt new practices i mean the the podcasts in and of themselves Mm -hmm. are new methods changing ways to uh ever try to expand our our reach to Mm -hmm. any and all types of audiences to let them know not only do we produce alcohol but we're also producing you know memories yes just because you take home one of our our bottles of spirits i mean that's just not the end of it i mean Mm. if you think about it we hope that you're going to remember back to while you were consuming that the good times that were had while you were Mm -hmm. you know enjoying that bottle the friends that you may have made during that time Mm. or if you're using it to introduce somebody to if you're having a drink with someone after work and they haven't tried it and you're like, oh, I got this at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Yeah. Maybe, just maybe, the next time they're in the area, they stop by. Yeah. So just this new way of trying to get new people to gravitate towards our business. We're not, we're not becoming stagnant. We're, exactly. We're, we're continuing to move and change and, mm-hmm. and, and also try to bring balance. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the creation beliefs. Uh, the first people were a brother and sister. Once the brother hit his sister with a fish and told her to multiply. Following this, she gave birth to a child every seven days, and soon there were too many people. So women were forced to have just one child every year. So, of course we had mentioned that, that there are going to be some stories among this mm-hmm. that that are used for, for teaching morals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you remember Aesop's fables yes. and, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, these are kind of those types of tales, and we're actually going to share a few of those direct tales with you uh, as we get toward the end of this one. Um, but, but I mean, just think about this story in its in its as it's written. Mm-hmm. Just this little uh, synopsis mm-hmm. that they're the first people, mm-hmm. according to the Cherokee, were a brother and sister. They just were there. Not far from Adam and Eve. Right. In I mean, Christian beliefs. Yeah. And then the brother one day just walks up with a fish and is like, pop. <laughs> Make more people. Make more people. Knowing what we know about the gestation period and everything mm-hmm. else for a human child, of course, I mean, in this instance, we're, we're, we're straying yes. very far away from, yes. from modern medicine. Um, but to go through what would be the gestation period, what is typically reserved as a nine-month mm-hmm. transformation of the 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 woman's body to to make adjustments while this this new human being is growing mm-hmm. inside of her, this guy just walks up, smacks her with a fish, and says, "Start making more humans," and she churns one out every week, once a week. Mm. I mean, that's just like Monday. I mean, if you break it down into trimesters, you're basically saying, all right, Monday, Tuesday, you've got the little baby bump. Yes. Wednesday, Thursday, you've got the, uh, uh, you know, the second the trimester. Second trimester uh, yeah. You're getting into the weird cravings and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, you're, you're about to pop. Mm-hmm. And then it's like Sunday you go into labor, and or Saturday night go into labor, yeah. have the kid, and Start then wake over. up Sunday morning and it's like, oh, I feel I got a little rumbly in my tumbly, mm-hmm. and and the process is just starting over again, <laughs> and and then at this point just saying there's too many people, yeah, so and, basically and, churning out 52 people a year, right, for a while. And and how long did this process go on? Is it until they were like, it's too many people. So then they're like, you know, so just now, one a year. Yeah. So now they've pretty much explained the gestation <coughs> process changed. And and then from their perspective, this is an early form of population control. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, let's talk about the story of corn and medicine. Okay. Uh, the story of corn and medicine begins with the creation of the earth and animals. Earth was created out of mud and grew into land. Animals began exploring the earth. And it was the buzzard that created valleys and mountains in the Cherokee land by the flapping of his wings. After some time, the earth became habitable for the animals. Once the mud of the earth had dried and the sun had been raised up for light, 
According to the Cherokee medicine ceremony, the animals and plants had to stay awake for seven nights. The reasons weren't well known. Only the owl, panther, bat, and unnamed others were able to fulfill the requirements of the ceremony. So these animals were given the gift of night vision, which allowed them to hunt easily at night. Similarly, the only trees able to remain awake for the seven days were the cedar, pine, spruce, holly, laurel, and oak. These trees were given the gift of staying green all year round. So that was the Cherokee's explanation to anyone's question of why are these animals Mm -hmm. active and awake and doing their thing at night compared to all the other animals that are doing their thing during the day. Oh, they were able to successfully, successfully complete the ceremony. Yeah. And then the same thing as far as why are only these trees your evergreens why are they evergreens why does this tree not Mm -hmm. have its leaves die off and fall off during the the winter months it's just using the the stories and stuff like that to to be able to explain those different types of things in continuation with the story of corn and medicine the first woman argued with the first man and left their home The first man, helped by the sun, tried tempting her to return with blueberries and blackberries, but was not successful. One of the first times a man ever tried to tempt a woman with food, and she was Mm -hmm. like, no. No, thank you. It was because he wasn't using the correct one. Yes. He finally figured out that it was strawberries that he was able to persuade her to return with. Humans did begin to hunt animals and quickly grew in numbers. The population grew so rapidly that a rule was established that women could only have one child per year. Similar, of course, this is what we were talking about, the differences between the Eastern Band and the Kitawa Indians that are in Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. that some of these stories in the individual communities would vary. Um, Of course, the the brother and sister fish smacking. versus the the two of them that got into an argument and then he brought her back won her back over and then you know the the rabbit or rodent reproduction mentality Mm -hmm. wound up going into place um but then of course the the similarity the the linear Mm -hmm. fact being that they they had utilized the population control saying that that they could only have one per year now, two of those early humans were Kanatai and Selu, and you've heard us mention mm-hmm. Selu before. Their names meant the lucky hunter and corn, respectively. Kanyati would hunt and bring an animal home for Selu to prepare. Kanyati and Selu had a child, and their child befriended another boy who had been created out of the blood of the slaughtered animals. The family treated this boy like one of their own, except they called him the wild boy. Kanyati consistently brought animals home when he went hunting, and one day the boys decided to secretly follow him. They discovered that Kanyati would not would move a rock concealing a cave, and an animal would come out of the cave only to be killed by Kanyati. The boys secretly returned to the rock by themselves and opened the entrance to the cave. However, the boys didn't realize that when the cave was opened by many different open, many different animals escaped. Kanyati saw the animals and realized what must have happened. 
He journeyed to the cave and sent the boys home so he could try to catch some of the escaped animals for eating. This explains why people must hunt for food now. This is too many. Well, not only that, but it was a situation where in this cave they had already started almost like livestock. Yeah. Uh, that they were they were ranching in uh-huh. that aspect, and then several of the animals got away. Uh, but also in the perspective of, like you said, that they had them contained to begin then with, those and then those escaped, populate. populated, and that's where we have all of the wild animals from. Uh, the boys returned to Selyu, who went to get food from the storehouse. She instructed the boys to wait behind while she was gone, but they disobeyed her and followed her. They discovered Selyu's secret, which was that she would rub her stomach to fill the baskets with corn, and she would rub her sides to fill the baskets with beans. Is that where the saying that it'll go straight to your hips comes from? Hmm. Selyu knew that her secret was out and made the boys one last meal. She and Kanati then explained to the boys that the two of them would die because their secrets had been discovered. Along with Kanati and Selyu dying, the easy life of the boys had become accustomed to would also die. However, if the boys dragged Selyu's body seven times in a circle, then seven times over the soil in the circle, a crop of corn would appear in the morning if the boys stayed up all night to watch. The boys did not fulfill the instructions completely, which is why corn can only grow in certain places around the earth. Today, corn is still grown, but it does not come overnight. Hmm. Interesting. Very. Uh, Continuing on, during the early times, the plants, animals, and people all lived together as friends, but the dramatic population growth of humans crowded the earth leaving the animals with no room to roam. Humans also would kill the animals for meat or trample them for being in the way. As a punishment for these horrendous acts, the animals created diseases to infect the humans with. Like other creatures, the plants decided to meet, and they came to the conclusion that the animals' actions had to be too harsh and that they would provide a cure for every disease. This explains why all kinds of plants' life helped to cure many varieties of diseases. Medicine was created in order to counteract the animals' punishments. So, hmm. That's very interesting. I mean, just thinking about it, that the diseases come from animals, animals. and all of your... Uh, healing, properties. healing properties come from the plants. Mm-hmm. There's that balance again. That well, you've got one thing balancing out the other. Vegetarianism and carnivores. That that whole argument that that still goes on is like just being vegetarian is healthier because meat brings all these diseases, heart disease and obesity and all this stuff can be traced back to this fable of yeah for sure the Cherokee. Now continuing on. As part of the Cherokee beliefs that even what we consider inanimate objects Mm -hmm. having a soul, um, while thunder makes a sound, it has a definitive presence, that's something that I guess I would consider more an an inanimate thing. Yeah, there's no actual physical presence to... uh, It's a reaction. It's it's the, the result of something else. 
Um, but of course, the Cherokee believe that there is a there is the great Thunder and his sons, the two Thunder Boys. Talk about a wrestling tag team. The Thunder Boys. Who live in the land of the West above the Sky Vault. They dress in lightning and rainbows. The priest pray to the Thunder and he visits the people to bring rain and blessings from the South. It was believed that the Thunder beings who lived close to the Earth's surface in the cliffs, mountains, and waterfalls could harm the people at times, which did happen. These other Thunders are always plotting mischief. This also sounds like Norse mythology. Very similar. Odin and Thor and Loki, other gods yeah. and stuff like that. So the, the interconnection... And it's and it's these types of things. Whenever you do find these similarities mm-hmm. across multiple religions or basis for religions, that you can draw some parallels mm-hmm. and similarities to the secular or Christian beliefs, but you can draw a lot more parallels and similarities to non what they'd call pagan. Yes. Yeah. Um, which, which leads me more to believe, and I know that, uh, uh, more than 85% of my family would, would be, uh, the ones that are still among us would, (laughs) would, would be just aghast, uh, while the ones who have dearly departed Mm -hmm. would either be like, well, you're right, or would be quote unquote rolling in their graves. Um, is that it seems like these different pagan religions are drawing so many more similarities from something. Maybe there's something there because even in there's an element of truth in all fiction. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the story has to originate from somewhere. It's just an embellishment at yeah. different times throughout history or whatever that that makes these legendary tall tales what they are well yeah, and I, I say that all the time that like urban legends come from facts from somewhere. somewhere but but to to look at this <laughs> reading this and 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 dissecting it it's like it seems more and more like the the christian religion has been used just strictly for a form of control yes so stomping out the older beliefs yeah, which which have those multiple parallels, regardless of of where things are taking place, and it's like drawing the parallels with this to Norse mythology, Norse mm-hmm. mythology to Greek, uh, Greek mythology, and even to what would be uh, South American uh, yeah. Mayans, yeah. Uh, uh, coming out of what would be that cradle of civilization, South America. Uh, uh, or, or Africa, for for that fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the indigenous tribes of Africa have similar types of things. And then the fact that we already mentioned in previous episodes that the Great Smoky Mountains, what is East Tennessee, Appalachia, East Appalachia, Appalachia were part of during Pangean. Pangaea times, yeah. the highlands of Scotland and stuff like that, it being the same mountain ranges. Mm-hmm. And then the Celtic beliefs and stuff like that, still drawing those parallels to the, the Norse and that, that just mm-hmm. different pagan 
ideologies and beliefs that, that this is all the same type of story. Yeah. It's it's, it's the same with a different wrapping. Yeah. So it's crazy. It, it's very crazy. Parallels very crazy. Are, are scary. Um moving on into their thoughts and beliefs on medicine and disease which we've kind of touched on a little bit um but it is said that all plants animals beasts and people once lived in harmony with no separation between them at this time the animals were bigger and stronger until the humans became more powerful is that a a indication of dinosaurs dragons dinosaurs giants Right, I mean, we already knew uh, from firsthand that the the, the three-toed sloth used to be a, a being Huge. of ten, twelve yeah. feet tall or more, uh, and now they're at biggest three, four feet. Sasquatch. Yeah, uh, Gigantopithecus. Were they? Was that part of this? Was that the is that the link between yeah. like the human they and were animal? Once numerous and lived amongst people. Yeah, and because this is saying that there was in harmony with no separation. So, I mean, maybe this was just a, another... And then people had to do what people do. <laughs> yep. Uh, people became stronger and more powerful. And when the human population increased, so did the weapons and the animals no longer felt safe. The animals decided to hold a meeting to discuss what should be done to protect themselves. We got to do something about the humans. <laughs> right. <laughs> Comfort room, five minutes. <laughs> we got to do something about the humans. The bears met first and decided that they would make their own weapons like the humans, but this only led to further chaos. Next, the deer gathered to discuss their plan of action, and they came to the conclusion that if a hunter was to kill a deer, they would develop a disease. The only way to avoid this disease was to ask the deer's spirit for forgiveness. Another requirement was that the people only kill when necessary. The Council of Birds, Insects, and Small Animals met, and then they decided that humans were too cruel, therefore they concocted many diseases to infect them with. Avian flu, um, insects, you get the mosquito bites, spider bites, or uh, uh, insect stings. Yeah. All of that stuff can give you the different diseases, and then other small animals, referring to rodents, that are going to carry stuff like the the plague. plague. Yeah, um, the plants heard what the animals were planning, and since they were always friendly with the humans, they vowed that for every disease made by the animals, they would create a cure. Which is why, of course, they believe that every plant serves a purpose, and the only way to find the purpose is to discover it for yourself. When a medicine man does not know what medicine to use, the spirits of the plants instruct him. Mm. So it's almost like. We need to figure out what disease or what the disease, what the ailment is. And then we're just going to randomly start trying these plants until we figure out which one works. And that was the early trying to figure out what to pair what with. When did the plants join the cause, though? Because they're all about making healing aspects now. But now we have poinsettias, poison ivy, stuff that doesn't heal harms so i'm wondering if when when some if some of the plants were like actually no we're, we side with these guys so we're actually going to cause them harm but the plant version of of part of the wakandan forces yeah. that decided to follow killmonger, killmonger as opposed yeah. to 
as opposed to uh, T'Challa. T'Challa. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to look into that to see if, even though that there are plants that have harmful properties to them, because Do usually they have some aspect. Yeah. Because yeah. usually, whenever something like that is the case, if something develops a harmful component mm-hmm. to its, it's a a form of defense toward uh, potential predators. Yeah. The ultimate goal is survival for mm-hmm. any living thing. So, if it's developed some sort of defenses, what is it trying to defend against other than just life itself? Mm-hmm. What may it be trying to defend, you know, from? Mm-hmm. Is it a situation to where there are some healing capabilities that people just don't know about because they can't get past the harmful part of it? Does does poison ivy oak or sumac actually hold the the secrets to the perfect anti-itch anti-inflammatory if used a certain way if you yeah Ooh. that'd be an interesting dig to do no pun intended right uh so now let's talk about uh origin of the element one of my favorite elements i'm i myself i'm in harry's i'm a fire sign i love okay. the element of fire if asked what abilities would you like? I typically go with flying, uh, but on a list, if I were to be able to make a list, fire has always been on that list. Either Teleportation, b- in case anyone wants to Either creating know. or manipulating fire. Uh, I probably would have been a firebender, if nice. we're talking about the Avatar show. So fire is a very important tool in everyday use. The first written account of the Cherokee fire origin story was recorded by... Westerner James Morney. This appears to be when the spider heroine was first named Water Spider. However, the Cherokee storyteller made sure to also describe the spider. This is not the water spider that looks like a mosquito, but the other one with black downy hair and red stripes on her body. Modern Cherokee languages forums agree the character's actual name Dilstodi is Dilstodi or a derivation of that word which means scissors or scissoring action referring to the motion that the stocky spider is able to u- m- do to move across the water Phidippus Johnsoni Phidippus the red Johnsoni jumping yep. spider is most likely the actual spider who inspired the, inspired the character of this Cherokee legend as it is in it endemic to the original Cherokee homelands and has the body features and colors described in the legends as well as the ancient bone etchings of the, the character. So I kind of had to do a little bit of additional, I guess, digging on mm. this to try to figure out how this really related to fire and it's mainly the colorations talking mm-hmm. about the red the red coloration the red stripings um, was almost that that reddish of, of the fire color um, which is where this really winds up getting down into so now let's talk about Unhet Lanvi the Cherokee revere the great spirit Unhetlanvi, creator, who presides over all things and created the earth. The Unhetlanvi is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. 
and is said to have made the earth to provide for its children and should be of equal power to Dakuni's water beetle. The Watanhawi manuscript adds that God is Unalanhawi, maker of all things, and Kevatlihai, the one who lives above. In most oral and written Cherokee theology, the Great Spirit is not personified as having human characteristics or a physical human form. Some other venerated spirits are Uktane, a horned serpent, and Tianwa, a giant raptor, which in In this this instance is referring to a a bird, bird, not the velociraptor of dinosaur lore. Um, So even the Cherokee had a great omniscient creator. Yes, there was a there is a definitive beginning. A god. Uh, yes. Um, in drawing parallels, uh, 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 Yahweh, mm-hmm. um, um, Jehovah, not Osiris, uh, uh, Isis, Isis, or no Ra, Ra. Sun God Ra, Ra. yeah, Sun um, God Ra. Uh, Odin, Odin, yeah, Zeus. The, the 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 main mm-hmm. embodiment of everything and then the the big bang mm-hmm. this is this is where everything generated from mm-hmm. uh in that sense um if and i then, ran into Akhtane, a massive horned serpent because when i think horned serpent i'm thinking like basilisk right know, a horned viper of some sort but I'm, of course, with it being snakes, so. mythological, this is something that's probably huge. Yeah, we're talking stories tall. Yeah, yeah, sort of, sort of thing, and that's uh, uh, bigger than the the snake from the original Anaconda. Yeah, much movie. bigger that, than that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and then of course, uh, I've heard more references of of the giant bird. Yeah, uh, the raptor. Yeah, but this also seems like um, some other similar Native American folklore saying that the entire world is on the back of a turtle. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, yeah, the 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 physical manifestation of what what their great creator. Yeah. Is it can take multiple forms, but in and of itself has no real form. It's just there. And this Tianwa, the giant raptor, also can can link to beliefs about the Thunderbird, the the Phoenix, the you yeah. know, like oh no, because the Thunderbird, you know, has been a cryptid for thousands of years. You know, oh, there's sure. been sightings of this great massive bird. Could also come from this legend right and then it also begs to wonder if through evolution because we you know have more recently learned that the 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 raptor or the Mm -hmm. velociraptor um as a dinosaur Mm -hmm. was more likely covered in feathers yes is this another variation of one of those dinosaurs having continued that that you know evolutionary process mm-hmm. and just did they just stick turn, around like 
Because I imagine, you know, a, a pterodactyl not having its its more turned into a bat or yes. or something of those lines. Yes. Uh, through the evolutionary process, whereas the things that were actually flying then became grounded for the most part, but then the things that you had that were grounded became flying. flyers. Yeah. And that's where that. This is where we need to. I'm telling you. Create the time machine and start a whole new podcast. Right. Observing what actually happened. We were actually there. Observing what actually happened. So, something that is definitely a huge part of not only the Cherokee belief, but Native Americans in general, um, and you've probably seen this a lot in cinema in some form, uh, mm. whether it be television, movies, what have you. Um, the the world of signs, visions, and dreams, uh, spirit quests, uh, spirit visions. Um, since they did believe, and we touched on it a little bit earlier, uh, since they did believe that the the different worlds are intertwined, um, that they were able to receive information from from beyond. So they traditionally hold that signs, visions, and dreams, and powers are all gifts of the spirits. The spirits being the the metaphysical embodiment in everything. What made up the cave, what made up the stream, what makes up the tree, all of these different things. And that the world of the spirits and the world of the humans are intertwined with the spirit world the and that the world of humans and the world of spirits are intertwined with the spirit world and presiding over both spiritual beings can come in the form of animal or human and are considered a part of daily life a group of spiritual beings are spoken about as little people and they can only be seen by humans when they want to be seen it is said that they choose who they present themselves to and appear as any other Cherokee would, except that they are small with very long hair. Duendos. Duendos. The little people. The little people. The little people can be, or gnomes, gnomes. in this capacity. Yeah. The, the fae. Little, dwarves. Yeah, fae, yes. Yeah. The many little people, very many, uh, and very prominent among South mm-hmm. America, and of course the... Basically, I guess if you look at it, South America and Africa were the cradles of the perspective hemispheres Yeah. Uh, when split vertically. Mm-hmm. Um, the cradles of the perspective civilizations on the opposite sides of the globe. Yeah. Um, the Incans, Mayans, and stuff like that of South America expanding into what would be North America. And then the Africa... Sub-Saharan Africa growing and expanding into what would be the world of Asia, Asia Europe, and, Europe, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but it is not common to talk about an experience one has with the little people. Instead, one might relay an incident that happened to someone else. It is said that if you bother the little people too often, you will become confused in your day-to-day life. Although they possess healing powers and helpful hints, the little people are not to be disturbed. This next section we are going to be talking about 
I guess the the negative aspect. Uh, while they were definitely very spiritual, everything was in a sense of harmony and balance. Uh, traditionally, there is no universal evil spirit in Cherokee theology. No like devil, uh, Satan, Lucifer, Hades, uh, Hades uh, um, Norse mythology, Hela, oh, uh, Hela. Yeah. stuff like that. Uh, as as Gina. And as Gina in any sort of spirit is any sort of spirit, but is usually considered to be a malevolent one. Poltergeist. Oh, there you go. We call them poltergeists. Kelowna Eleski, raven mockers, as that would be um, in the English language, are spirits who prey on the souls of the dying and torment their victims until they die, after which they eat the hearts of their victims. The raven mockers are invisible except to a medicine man, and the only way to protect a potential victim is to have a medicine man who knows how to drive the raven mockers off since they are scared of them. You know what that reminds me of? What? You remember Ghost? Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore? The things that would come. The black spirits. The black spirits. Yeah. Yeah, That's what that kind of reminds me of. Like, I could just picture. There are these things that only the the spiritual yeah. medium, the the medicine man, the shaman, could see, and and he wears the funky headdress and the mask and everything else because that's what they're afraid of, yeah. and that's what he uses to to scare them off. Utlunta, Spearfinger, is a monster and witch said to live along the eastern side of Tennessee and western part of North Carolina. So this is something that I'm interested into potentially looking at for October in, yeah. into this one because it seems like yeah it's a, a cryptid for specifically the Great Smoky Mountains. But said that she has a sharp forefinger on her right hand which resembles a spear or obsidian knife which she uses to cut her victims. Her mouth is stained with blood from the livers she has eaten. She is also known as Nun Yunyu E, which means stone dress for her stone like skin. Uya, sometimes called Uyaga, is an evil earth spirit which is invariably opposed to the forces of right and light. So it's still basically balance in that aspect dark balancing light, good balancing evil. Um. But since there seems to be so much of a balance of good throughout because yeah. the the evil is the disease that the animals give and the plants are providing the good, that there's not room for a lot of of evil, what would be spirits in that sense. But it seems like more so than not, what has happened is the the few the few natives that in their lore that was not respectful yes potentially became the malevolent spirit or embodied the malevolent spirit and here you might be an opportunity might be where a lot of trans where where that negative connotation of indian burial grounds came from these yes. negative spirits might have been yes. lingered and as much as it's as much as we, you know, in this 
society today think it's you know oh is it because we're disrespecting it or is it because we chose literally the bad wrong place wrong time right wrong, it wasn't it wasn't relics. the fact of anything that we did or anything yeah, like that it was just who that, they were yeah the, they might have become these evil spirits so uh we're going to step away and take a quick break you're going to hear from some more of our partners and friends and when we get back we're going to dive even deeper into the legend of the cherokee and the east tennessee area Are you craving quality spirits and tired of the old commercialized places blowing smoke in your eyes? Look no further, my friends. Between Two Barrels Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery. At TLD, our carefully handcrafted spirits are created with your T-zone in mind. That's T for taste and T for throat. With over 30 products in four locations, Tennessee Legend Distillery focuses on the ingredients, the craft, and the experience, as opposed to how many stores we can have. Stop by any of our four locations in Sevierville, Cookville, or Nashville, Tennessee. Mention this podcast and receive an automatic 15% off of your order. For more information or online orders, go to TennesseeLegend.com. Come see us where we walk among legends. Welcome back, Legends. We are diving deeper into the legend of the Cherokee in the East Tennessee area, and we've already learned a lot, a lot of spooky stuff, spooky parallels. Let's continue. So the Cherokee people use tales and stories to explain a lot of life's questions and moral dilemmas. The following three tales are some examples of how they use these types of stories or songs to teach values and morals as well as general education by their standards uh you know we are used to proverbs and and aesop's fables and and, you know king midas and you know all these legends that we're told you know everyone knows that Icarus flying too close to the sun everyone knows about the lion and the mouse yeah lion trapped Daniel in the lion's den yes Yes. we get all these so these are some very popular Cherokee fables Uh, there is Atgai the enchanted lake this one as we were going through and and picking some of this stuff Mm -hmm. up this is one of the ones that I really enjoyed as one of the stories yes according to the Cherokee tradition hidden deep within the smoky mountains there is an enchanted lake the humans cannot see, known as Atgahi. This magical lake is an oasis of animals of every kind with thousands of water birds, fish, reptiles, and bears enjoying its water. In one story, the enchanted lake reveals itself to a young Cherokee man after days of fasting and continuous prayer. Having proven that he has no intention to hunt at Atgahi, the pure-hearted man is permitted to see the lake's stunning violet water and teeming wildlife. When his vision ends, the man marks the location of the secret lakes with a pile of rocks. A short time after this discovery, a terrible winter brings the Cherokee to the brink of starvation. Faced with no other choice, the young hunter returns to Atgahi to bring food back to his family. When he shoots a bear with his bow, However, the animal falls into the purple water and emerges unscathed, 
The bear tells the trespasser that he has betrayed them, and the young man is attacked by a furry horde. After the snowstorm passes, the Cherokee find the body of the young man, but there are no tracks from the bears who mauled him. Although Atgahi was forever sealed off from human intervention after the young hunter's treachery, legend has it that they can still see morning mist rise from the magic lake when you stand at the top of Klingman's Dome. So this this begs to to ask the question for me at least, or the couple of questions, honestly. The main question being we had mentioned Shaconahay. Yeah. The land of the blue smoke. Mm-hmm. Is this the early explanation of where the smoke of the Smoky Mountains came from? Was it the mist coming off of Atgahi? Hidden somewhere in the mountains. Hidden somewhere in the Smoky Mountains as to where the quote-unquote smoke is is coming from, is generating from the, the blue mist, the Shaconahay, is that where this is coming from? If you ask some newbie tourists, we turn it on every morning. Yeah. That's that's one of those, the, the questions of living life in a tourist mm-hmm. town is when do they turn the smoke on when in the mountains? The thinking on. that it is, it a, is a fabricated, <laughs> yeah, that it is a full-on fabricated thing. I've gotten to the point where I've started answering them. Uh, well, you know, it just depends. Uh, 6 a.m. sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes we'll wait till the afternoon. It really depends on the weather. That's a deciding factor. Yeah. Also, depending on whether Population. or not the maintenance guy was able to yeah. get up there and get the machines filled up I mean, with we the go fluid. through a lot of dry ice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. Um, but some of the other, uh, not necessarily questions, but, but parallels. Is this Rowling's... J.K. Rowling's inspiration for the rumor requirement. Ooh. Hmm. I mean, just a, a thought-provoking. I mean, just because it seems like okay, they it, it, it only presents itself to people whenever they're in in need of it, um, and has you know certain capabilities, qualities, properties to to the, be helpful. The oasis mirages that appear in the desert to. Wanting I didn't even think people. that. I didn't even like, think no, of that. Still, that is a I, I drank very from good its waters, dude. There that is are a no very here. good parallel. I I had not thought about that, and that could be something to look at into uh, that mm. sub-Saharan African mm-hmm. in terms of the parallel uh, with with what would be the uh, Mayan Incan, mm-hmm. and like I said, that the sub-Saharan African, and then youth, going out Eldorado, from there. You know all these legends. There's a That's lot of insane. Pa- parallels. Um, but, of course, uh, this also teaching a lesson of staying true to your word. Yes. Uh, you promised, you know, we gave you access. Um, you weren't going to kill so anything. For, for saving of, your life, the balance to it was you didn't tell people You can't people take any us. life. You can't yeah. take any life. So, wow. I want... To now go to the top of Klingman, Klingman's Dome to see if you can see a and see if you can a, see a misty mist. spot that you would say that's oh, it that's that's, that's it. Atagai that's it 
And the fact that it draws the the uh, thing to Klingman's Dome. I, I mean, the fact that you can go up to Klingman's, uh, a, a modern reference spot, yeah, and potentially be able to see uh, uh, Atagahi, St- the fabled on Cherokee Klingman's Dome, and start saying Cherokee Lake. I'm in need. Help. I, I, I need <laughs> water. I'm in need. <laughs> you somebody randomly off the side just hands you a bottle you of go. water. Like, oh, here you go, okay, bud. Thanks. I'm good. Thank you. A little bit of a full circle, uh, talking about the giant snake mm. earlier. Uh, another one of the tales is a medicine man battles a horned snake. Another one of the favorite Cherokee legends from the Smoky Mountains is the tale of, uh, this is one of those that's that's being print, or, uh, butchered, Aganunitsi. 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 A Shawnee medicine man who is captured by the Cherokee in battle. Right before he's going to be tortured, uh, Aganunitsi strikes a deal with his captors. If he is freed, the medicine man promises that he will bring the Cherokee the fabled Ulunsuti, a special diamond with magic properties. The mystical jewel is nearly impossible to procure because it rests in the forehead of Uktena, a fearsome horned serpent. Released by the Cherokee, Aganuditsi sets out to find the diamond and the snake who wears it. The medicine man travels far and wide and meets many serpents and reptiles along the way. I don't think you'd be able to make that trip. (laughs) Just like uh, Indiana Jones says his dad wouldn't be able to make it past this place. He hates the rats. Or Indy himself with the snakes. Why did it have to be Uh, But none of them are the Uktena. At long last, Agananutsi finds the beast sleeping atop a mountain. Thinking quickly, the magician lays a trap for the Uktena. After digging a trench at the foot of the mountain and protecting it with a circle of blazing pine cones, Agananutsi wakes the enormous snake by shooting an arrow into its heart. The furious Uktena gives chase, but when the medicine man jumps into his trench, the serpent's poison cannot pass through the circle of fire. Only a tiny drop of poison lands on Aganunitsi's head as the snake sprays its venom. Eventually, the Uktena dies from the arrow lodged in its heart. The magician calls all of the birds in the forest so they can feast on the remains of the gigantic snake. After seven days, Aganunitsi returns to find the glittering Ulunsuti diamond waiting for him where the beast's corpse was devoured. With the magic jewel in his possession, Aganunitsi becomes the greatest medicine man in his community. For the rest of his life, however, the magician sports a tiny snake hanging from his head where the single drop of Uktena's poison landed, although he never notices it is there. The moral that that I drew from this one is is something more, not necessarily karmatic, but a part of balance. Mm. Um, in the fact that even though you are not, maybe not even necessarily that, things are going to stay with you, regardless of how well you try to either cover up or get rid of or or push away Mm. certain things if it's if it's a strong enough bond or or 
whatever, it's going to linger. Something I guess that I can I can personally parallel um, uh, 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 would be, I guess, my situation with my mom. I mean, mm-hmm. not to not to get into the full on Doctor Phil episode in here, um, but it's a situation where uh, I I haven't had the best relationship with my mom. Um, it's a situation I still love her, love her to death. She's my mom and mm-hmm. everything else, um, but throughout life. For, for whatever reason, her financial stability, uh, being very young, whatever the case may be, um, I found her not being a part of my life for a significant portion of my life um, as a child as well as a teenager. I've since forgiven, but the, the, the effect, the, the lingering presence is still there. Um, and I think that that's what, what this is a story of, um, you're going to go through traumatic things and, and you can, you can do all the different things that, that will help you forget or, or push that to the side, but you're, you're always going to have some lingering effects, some lingering, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, memories um, however minute of those types of instances that had such a profound impact on you. Um, Agreed. In what would be, a, 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 in this instance, a negative sense. Yeah. I and mean, that's not to say un- that it... He it, came out unscathed for the most part and the best at what he does, but there's still a little snake attached to his head that he can't find. Yeah, that he can't, like that he can't get rid of. top of his... But he can't yeah. get rid of this... This little thing. Yeah. I like that. I, I like that parallel. It's tr- and it's, God, it's so true. You can overcome all you want, but a part of it will always be Will always you. still be there, yeah. Mm. And this is another story coming up, too. I, I, I really like this <laughs> one. This one's kind of more of a... a um, this, this story reminds me of one that, like, if you were to... Hey, Grandpa, can you tell me why, yeah, why some, you know... Why has the rabbit got a little tail? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, not to not to yeah. go ahead and, and, and give away the farm <laughs> on this one, but... Uh, yeah, like... Sit down, let me tell you. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just got that type of feeling to it, so... So this is the great rabbit steals a fur coat. Cherokee used to call the... What's now the Gregory Bald Mountain... Sitsui. Sitsui, which means rabbit place. The grassy slope was so named because it was believed that the mountain was home to the great rabbit, a mythical creature who was larger than your average bunny. The great rabbit was a famous trickster and the chief of a little rabbits who lived in Gregory Bald. So I want you to kind of picture something which you would think of as the... The person in the Easter Bunny costume. Yes. Not the deranged Easter Bunny costume, but just the Easter Bunny costume. The great rabbit being something of that size. And then he has all the little regular sized bunnies running around. In one of the Cherokee legends from the Smokies, the great rabbit executes a scheme to steal the best coat in the animal kingdom. As the story goes, all of the critters in the mountains decided to hold a council to determine whose coat was most impressive. Everyone was eagerly anticipating the arrival of Otter, 
who was known to have particularly majestic pelt. Sensing an opportunity for mischief, Rabbit journeys up the creek to help Otter find his way to the council. During their trip, Rabbit and Otter stopped for a night's rest along the water. Helpful as always, Rabbit warns Otter that their campsite is located at a place called Dietzlaski, the place where it rains fire. Rabbit volunteers to stand guard on any molten precipitation and advises Otter to hang his coat on a limb before he goes to sleep so it won't get burnt. As soon as Otter drifts off to dreamland, Rabbit places hot coals from the fire on a paddle and launches them towards his unsuspecting friend. With screams of its raining fire, Rabbit rouses Otter from his sleep. The panicked Otter jumps in the water, leaving his coat behind for Rabbit's taking. Otter still makes his home in the river today. When a fashionably dressed critter makes his way to the council, all of animals wonder why Otter is covering his face with one of his paws. Seeing through the ruse, Bear unmasks Rabbit and takes a swipe at him with his claws. However, Rabbit is too quick and only loses his tail to Bear's fury. And that is why rabbits have small cotton tails. Right. And also why otters live in the river, mm-hmm. because they're afraid that it's going to be raining, raining fire. fire. Because of the daggone rabbit. Silly rabbit. Waskily wabbit. You waskily wabbit. I wonder if that's inspiration. Mm. The Native American tales yeah. that typically involve a ra- rabbit being a trickster. Bugs. This is the birth <coughs> of Bugs Bunny. Is that the inspiration for Bugs Bunny? Maybe. Maybe um, Hanna-Barbera and them and, and those old cartoons that created Bugs. And yeah. I maybe mean, they were like, oh, I read this Indian fable the other day. What if we had a cartoon trickster rabbit? Exactly. Mm. It, it, <laughs> I mean, not? it's not It's not very far-fetched. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, That's a funny one, man. I really like this. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's raining fire. It's raining fire. <laughs> so so he's like, okay, the otter, It's it typically will go in water. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of its M.O. Um, but it has the, the oil that winds up helping protect the coat to making it waterproof. So whenever the uh, otter does actually get out of the water, it's not really wet. And heavy. And yeah. heavy and stuff like that. It's just everything else mm-hmm. is, like, all the water runs off, kind of like the duck and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, this stuff is, is doing that, uh, which is why, of course, it would be uh, um, a more popular pelt to to try to procure but it 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 made me kind of chuckle a little bit in reading it because during days of trade mm-hmm. the the frontiersmen and stuff like that one of the more sought after pelts was an otter pelt otter or beaver pelt just because it could withstand the 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 waters mm-hmm. uh just you know in in making it a, a more uh, all-weather type of outerwear uh, um, in that aspect. So mm-hmm. uh, especially for hats and stuff like that, they would use those oily pelts that whenever it did get wet, the water would just beat up and roll off as opposed to absorbing into whatever that was. So, I mean, just more explanations, you know. Papa, why is the sky blue? Well, 
Yeah, th- exactly. This is this is why. This is the story I'm going to tell you as to why this is the case. So yeah, I mean, it just. It, and then, of course, like you uh, had mentioned, you know, with it being the the. That's why the the rabbit has the little cotton tail is because someone realized the bear realized you, why you being a trickster and he went to to take a swipe to to get retribution for otter mm-hmm. and and the rabbit being too quick just just dodged it and only only lost his tail but I'd be kind of funny kind of curious to see what a, a long tail rabbit would look like so just going back some final thoughts recapping this episode um learning that there are a lot more similarities and and things that we touched on during the episode Mm. Uh, a lot of parallels to draw a lot of similarities especially with different pagan religions Mm -hmm. um the the types of stories very very similar parallels and it and it almost seems like a a re-education of sorts especially with the um not as much with the Peyton Manning episode. I mean, I got some stuff as yeah. far as his philanthropy work and yeah. stuff like that yeah, that, that I had, you know, real idea about. Uh, but I feel like with the the Davy Crockett episode, with this episode, we're getting uh, a continued a, mm-hmm. a further education than what we typically would have gotten in school. Um, but now, because we have the the capacity for a lot more complex thought. Uh, and our thought process, um, we may even uh, uh, come up with some new theories that possibly have mm-hmm. not been uh, explored in this capacity. I mean, just for the fact that it's believed that all civiliz- civilization comes from the sub-Saharan mm-hmm. African uh, uh, um, explosion, yeah. I guess you would say. Um, but it it almost seems like that that there was the like I mentioned the two hemispheres you had what would be South America on one side and Africa on the other side oddly enough both of those continents very similarly shaped like a, like a puzzle yeah um, of course you know Pangea being mm-hmm. and if you were to have those two together or have Pangea completely formed Africa and South America would be butted up against each other mm-hmm. that it that it only makes sense i mean it seems only logical that that civilization could have started as pangea was uniformed and unified and then as it split off that's when the explosion of population and populace yes. decided to to start moving from those centralized locations where that unified people would have been and then just started spreading uh north and or south eventually turning into what would be in south america the indigenous Mm -hmm. peoples uh uh, being the the uh native americans uh native american indians uh and then going on further up into canada alaska stuff like that getting into the eskimo people yeah um, and then uh, Africa expanding into Europe, Asia, stuff like that. And then, of course, you got the diversity um, as people are moving further away from the equator. Skin is getting lighter, stuff yes. like that, you know, yes. uh, getting back into science or whatever. Yeah. Um, or what we know, you know, scientifically today. 
as far as explanations for the different uh, um, races and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But I learned uh, a lot. Not only that, but yeah, just the the what we kind of finished up with, uh, like you know, you go down and sit down and as a as a uh, under ten years old, you know, between the ages of like six to ten, yes. you're you're very curious and you ask a ton of questions. If you've been around a six to ten year old, yes, it's nothing but Why is this? rapid Why fire is this? questions Why is this? of because they're that sponge. They're trying to figure this stuff yeah. out. They're seeing all this stuff and they're formulating early you know well why and that's and you hear that a lot more so why and what yeah more so than anything else or how uh more so than any of the other questions yeah i mean it could be as simple as they don't really care about when as why much is an elephant the, afraid, yeah. of the mo- afraid of a mouse and then There's they had a story to, that they had it. yeah they had to find some kind of a yeah. story to tell and then as we know that they were very tight-knit groups there's some slight variations but it's like it's like okay we we go to we work together at the Opry we both saw the same show yeah but we're gonna take different parts away from the same show as stuff in terms of our interpretation yes so whenever these stories are the same, oh yes, there's the corn mother, and this is how that stuff came down. Well, or or the the brother and sister smacking her with the fish, sort of thing. It's like okay, yeah, you've got the same general premise that there were these people, and this is how this started, but it's not entirely the exactly same story. Mm-hmm. Um, we both worked at the same theater. We both saw the same show routinely. Mm-hmm. You worked in the front of house. I worked backstage. Your experience is definitely different than my experience where yes. I'm able to tell you, oh, well, this performer did this because of this reason and this is this, whereas you're seeing it as, oh, they did this song because of, you know, that sort of thing. It, it, it's just yeah. the different perspectives yeah. for the same type of story, which leads to absolutely the, the different... Uh, um, collective communities having a a slightly different story than what someone else did, or the um, the Snyderverse versus the the, the the other DC movies, the other DC, yeah. yeah, that that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, they're so they're it's the same stories, but it's it's a yes. different. I I learned a lot. I, I definitely will be taking this into uh, the future as I you know try to uh to be a better human you know to find to, uh, i would i would like to personally try to find more of a balance oh for sure with, without their like not you know <laughs> not necessarily not mowing my grass anymore but you know like there is a, a season for everything there is a you know go back to having more of a childlike attitude yes at certain times not killing every bug not you know like let's just move them outside yeah, like like I've I've recently Go. stopped killing mice. Like I do non-lethal traps. Do a trap and release, and release it elsewhere. Um, you and Madison go have a a, a picnic mm-hmm. and lay out on the blanket and look up at clouds. When's the last time you'd done that? Oh God, high it, school probably. Yeah, when's the last time you thought actually thought about having the time just to go? When's the last time you walked out in the grass barefoot? Just for the heck of it. Yeah. Just to go out walking around in the grass, not doing anything, just no, walking around barefoot in the grass. No, there's a firm belief to that. Grounding. Yeah. 
you know that's why uh, it, if some people are like really high uh, anxious high strung anxiety high strung and anxious they say go walk outside barefooted because it grounds you yeah like the the polarization the actual, yeah. of the earth and you kind of <laughs> intertwine with each other and it kind of pulls you back down that that in a sense whenever i get out on the water um mm-hmm. i know we haven't really discussed Grounded. this at any point in time um during any of the episodes uh very very avid fisherman mm-hmm. uh, any opportunity i get to be able to get out on the water i like to and don't necessarily have to be on the water i can just be there you know by the river by the lake you know fishing whatever the case may be but i'm making contact with nature in that aspect um, my hand is in the water i have a yes. foot in the water uh, a barefoot See, in, in the water i'm grease lore they would say you were born of poseidon you were a descendant of because poseidon. i was more because the water. i have a more affinity to the water yeah. and i'm a water symbol a water sign yeah, yeah. cancer yeah. so yeah it's uh, amazing how many parallels can be drawn throughout all these different things and it and it's just a depending on where you're from mm. the time era that you're growing up in that you just and your yeah as to how things were explained to tell the same story mm-hmm it's, and to, to think about that, and even just in this instance, on a massively larger scale, we do have the same story across all peoples. Yeah. Just being told in a different way. And because the human spirit is one that is one that doesn't naturally like to be wrong true very true then it, it it's it's where a lot of that that negativity mm-hmm. is is i think is stemming from whenever it comes to another belief uh, another belief yeah. uh, a difference it's in races difference from, in I opinions don't want to be wrong i don't yes. like to be wrong but whenever you think about it it's the same yeah. story, the the same origin, the same, you know, thing. Yeah. All these different things are happening. It's just because this person is Roman, mm-hmm. Greek, this person is African, this person is South American, this person is Asian. Those, that same story just got told in different ways because oh I don't want to tell the story that way I want to tell the story this way mm-hmm. no it didn't really happen well, that way it happened it. this way yeah that's not how I heard it this mm-hmm. is how I heard it and, before and you know it, nobody wants to be telephone. wrong yeah and that's <laughs> basically that's what it is this show has become a show of reflection it is <laughs> especially with some of these things but no it's 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 really fun to to really go into some deep dives on mm-hmm. some of these things and and draw more parallels um, to today to our own personal lives and hopefully you wind up as listeners get some sort of of gratification yeah. uh, um, enlightenment 
maybe makes you a little bit more uh, open-minded, uh, open uh, provokes more um, determined and deeper thought from you on different subjects. Uh, maybe some of the stuff, and hopefully, I mean, I don't want to be uh, uh, bragging in any capacity, but maybe maybe your your thought and outlook on something that had held a negative connotation for quite some time can be changed and and maybe even give you uh, 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 an emotional uh, or, or personal relief or release from you know any burdens that you may have been carrying just mm -hmm. because y your mentality has been of a negative stigma on any given you know topic or, or subject anything like that um, just through listening to these different stories and 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 our thoughts and and thought process on these things absolutely and if you do any hiking in the area of Klingman's Dome and you happen to come across Atagahi Atagahi yes call us yeah write down the coordinates just don't <laughs> kill anything don't kill anything we don't want to get any more missed <gasps> we would love missing hiker reports Atagahi I wonder if they found Atagahi and just it's almost like Stayed. El Dorado. You you find the place and you either get entranced and can't escape, or you become you find it being it. the you just become yeah. Ooh, that's ah yes. So as always, for any of the contact to us, you can definitely find us on any of the social platforms: Facebook, Instagram. Of course, if you are going to email us, make sure that you email us at tldtube23 at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, Legends Studios, on both of those platforms. There's no additional ats. There's no dots. It's just Legends Studios on both Facebook and Instagram. And like I said, uh, for this one, let's see. Um... What's your favorite favorite fable? What's what's the fable? What's the mm -hmm. life lesson through a a story um, that has impacted you the most? What is the one that stands out to you that you you often reference more than anything else mm. in terms of a life lesson from a story that you you've heard, uh, whether it be uh, something from a cartoon, reading a story, a personal one from a family member or anything like that, make sure and write to us on either of those social platforms through the DMs, or again, as always, email us at tldtube23 at gmail.com. And one other reminder, do not forget about that 10K giveaway. We are so close. Like I said, less than a 1,000 people away. We are trying to get this done and over with by the end of September. If that could be done, that would be fantastic. If not, we're still going to be pushing, but we definitely want to give this thing away before the end of the year this year, so that way some folks can come in and enjoy not only the Great Smoky Mountains, not only what would be the island there in Pigeon Forge at the Margaritaville Island Hotel, but also to definitely come over to Tennessee Legend Distillery, enjoy all the fine products that they have, stop over with our friends at Gatlinburg Brewing Company, have you a great little dinner, some pizza, some wings, salad, some nice 
home-crafted brews, or even a cocktail from over there. And then don't forget to stop and visit any and all of the other sponsors and friends of the Legend Studios podcast here with Between Two Barrels, the Cocky Top podcast, and soon to be joining us, the 30 and Nerdy podcast here at Legend Studios. And until next time, guys, stay legendary. As always, I'm Brian. And I'm Opie. Folks, once again, we'd like to thank you for joining us for another episode of Between Two Barrels. And if you aren't getting enough of that legendary content, make sure and head on over to TennesseeLegend.com where you can find links to all of our different locations as well as all of our different social media sites and our online swag shop. And until next time, stay legendary.